Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morris and Forster, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Thank you for joining us for this Morrison Forster Perspectives videocast where we're looking at AI um, and some of the key legislative developments and issues you need to consider. My name is Stephen James. I'm a partner in the intellectual property team in London at Morrison Forster. I'm delighted to be joined by Charlotte Walker Osborne, who is a partner in our technology transaction team and co-heads our AI and tech practice in Europe. Charlotte, great to have you here. Good to be here, Stephen. Excellent. So, Talking about AI, now it seems to me that there's an absolute swathe of legislation, guidance, code of conduct, almost at a daily basis at the moment. And if you are operating this space, you'd be forgiven for despairing slightly about all these different developments. So broadly speaking, what is the UK position in terms of AI, some of the risks when we come to training, some of the, the principles, is, is there legislation? What, what is the position and what do businesses in this space need to be thinking about? Well, that's a big question. It is. Um, well, I, I think suffice to say for those that are grappling with this, they probably see something new every day on AI around the world and even in the UK. Uh, so there's hundreds of AI laws and guidance, as you say, and lots of sectoral guidance, depending on what sector you're in, FS or healthcare, all coming through. So I think you have to be quite specific as a company to how you're going to approach all of this. And so a lot of the work, well, you and I are doing with companies, but a lot of the work companies doing themselves is say, what is my risk appetite for full compliance versus compliance with very key things? So we'll pivot to the UK legislation in a moment, but I would be remiss not to mention the EU AI Act, which uh, is an omnibus regulation that is focused on AI specifically. It's about 300 pages long. It is about to enter into force. And depending on which bit of uh, AI it is, because it's got high risk, more high risk AI for things like um, certain financial sector results like mortgage applications, those sorts of things, a whole list, uh, AI and critical infrastructure, that sort of thing, or other AI. And there's also a, a bit on, on generative AI that's going to have extraterritorial reach. So if you're in the UK and you're providing goods and services into the EU block, a really important block uh, for, for people to sell or license into, you're going to have to comply with that either in the next six months for certain high risk, that's going to be set out, or in the next 24 months. And so getting that wrong, there's a big scary uh, potential penalty in there, which is... Um, set up 35 million euros or 77% uh, of annual turnover, whichever is the higher. Now, just to put that in perspective, though, that type of level of fine is only likely to be uh, encountered for the more serious breaches. But a bit like GDPR, this means this is a serious piece of legislation to comply with. But pivoting back to the UK, I mean, you and I have been talking about this. 
I really do think the UK uh, is a little bit confused about how to regulate AI. On the one hand, it's saying it's pro-innovation. Uh, it's saying, you know, what we're asking um, existing kind of regulators to do is look at the regulations in the UK at the moment and say, is there something that is missing because of now AI that needs adding into that? And we've already seen in the UK that the information commissioner who looks after essentially regulation of personal data has been bringing out a lot of guidance already on that and others will follow. And only recently in early Feb, there was a response, as you know, to the consultation that had gone out on AI and the response is saying, we still want to do that approach. That's still what we're asking to do. And we want regulators to look at that by a certain point in 2024. So I think, you know, there will be changes to regulations, particularly we already need to be looking at certain areas like personal data um, that need to be factored in. But but again, slipped in just before Christmas break or the Christmas holiday break, there was a House of Lords bill, which you and I have been talking to some of our US clients with recently, uh, which is saying, actually, we do want an AI specific law. And the response to the consultation is saying that is something that may be needed in the future, but not at the moment. But this is still going through the House of Lords. And so we do need to keep an eye on whether there will be a, an AI specific law. Um, and if, if it comes in, I'm not sure it will come in in its current uh, suggested place, but if it does, uh, it does have really, really strong transparency obligations, which are potentially stronger than the EU. So I'm not going to go into detail, but I do want to pivot back to IP, obviously a favourite subject of yours, uh, an important subject for all of us working in tech. I think this is where the UK is potentially confused on pro-innovation. Um, with some sympathy, because it's it's got two forces here. It's got a very strong AI tech uh, community that wants to be able to train data in in the UK and do that without fear of infringing IP. But but you know a big wheelhouse of yours. It's also got a very strong creative industry who who have sort of said with this needs thinking about more carefully. So I just wonder if you could just explain the IP position at the moment and maybe talk about where you think that might go for the UK? Sure. So and you're, you're right, and it speaks exactly to these tensions. So this is really about if you're an AI provider and you want to be able to use copyright protected material to train up your system, to develop that system. And the, the there's a in the EU there's a, a quite a broad coming to effect text and data mining exemption which permits this kind of training using copyright protected material for commercial purposes although there is a, an opt out right if you wish to to exercise that and that's designed to try and meet some of the commercial dynamics and, and opportunities uh, in in connection with with these systems. In the UK, however, because it left the EU before this, the member states had to apply these exemptions or to start considered doing so, we're left in this rather curious position where it has a very narrow text and data mining exemption, which only permits that kind of use, that mining for non-commercial purposes, which 
isn't going to be very, very helpful for the vast majority of AI providers who are looking to train their de- database on copyright protected material. Now, interestingly, pursuant to your, the point you were making around having this pro-innovation approach, there was a consultation a couple of years ago about potentially introducing a much broader text and data mining exemption in the UK, which would apply to any purpose and as a differentiator from the EU, there would be no opt-out. So potentially super broad, but you, you know, the creative forces, the creative industries in the in the UK, the content creators, very strong in the UK in all sorts of different fields. There was a huge amount of pushback to that proposal. And as a consequence, in early 2023, the plans to introduce this exemption were, were scrapped. And so we're now left in this quite curious position where if you want to train your AI model in the UK, you're relying on a very, very narrow, narrow exemption, which isn't going to apply in most most circumstances. Very narrow fair dealing exemptions, again, which isn't going to help many AI providers. So it pre- presents real challenges if you want to be, as the UK wants to be, a pro-innovation uh, uh, destination. So there is likely to be some degree of reform in this area. The UK Intellectual Property Office is, try- is looking into, again, some establishing some principles that will try and strike this balance between the content creators and the AI providers. And we're expecting that guidance to come out fairly soon, possibly looking at model licensing regimes, etc. But there is going to need to be reform in this area, whether it's through principles, through guidance, or ultimately legislation, as, as you were mentioning. So it's going to be an evolving area, an evolving situation, um, as I th- think you were, were touching upon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, such an important thing to kind of companies to get to grips with whether they're using AI in their back office systems to the extent it's it's likely trained on some data. Uh, are they comfortable that there is either something in the contract with that, that provider or and or they've done their diligence that that has been trained in a way that's non-infringing. And then back to sort of, I suppose, some of the big question that you initially posed, then regardless of all these changing laws coming in, almost that diligence in that process for back office systems or when building their own AI systems, uh, product services, is just really thinking about what's their risk appetite, compliance, etc. But fundamentally, you know, for governance of the organisation, for compliance it is a question right now in the uk of saying well what are the current laws saying a lot of those you know you you, you know companies will have been applying to tech but at the same time very much looking at well what is the guidance coming out for personal data which is very strong in this space watching out for other guidance which will be informative how they need to change their back office governance and how they uh, deal with procurement and all their licensing or selling of products and services and then I suppose you know the other thing then is I think just holding on to those core OECD Base principles that most legislation around the world has been looking at um, as a good way to think about at a high level how to govern um, what I'd call responsible AI. So making sure that the AI system um, has data, the right data in there, it's tagged in the right way, it's been trained in a way 
that it won't bring in bias or the wrong results or discrimination. There's transparency that AI is being used. And I've already seen some social media companies tagging very, very clearly when AI is being used in some of the images generated. So we're seeing some changes coming through reacting to some of these transparency requirements even before they come into force. But crucially, I think whether in the back office for your own employees, for your own systems or externally products and services, there's that transparency of how it's being used and if it does potentially reach a decision, how it's reached and particularly if it's consumers or individuals, you know, if that's challenged but also challenged by employees or, or you know, um, companies, other businesses, how are you going to deal with that? So there's a lot of processes and procedures and I know you and I and others at Morrison Forster have been grappling quite a lot with this through contractual terms, either on the buy side or the licensing side, and also just helping change governance processes, um, what people are saying out to the market on what they're doing in their business with AI, um, and many, many more things. Mm. I mean, there's a lot we've been thinking about with clients. Yeah, so it sounds like from what you're saying that you need to be really careful on the diligence side, you need to be careful from a contractual side, you also need to be super careful from a governance perspective. Is there anything else from a practical perspective that these AI businesses should be thinking about? Uh, yeah, and again, you know, it goes back to what do we mean by an AI business? I mean, gosh, as a tech lawyer for 25 years, I've always said uh, most businesses are tech businesses, but more than ever now. And I think that will be the same with the use of AI in a lot of businesses. So, yeah, I think I think it is fundamentally a number of those things. But I think that redress and contestability is a key thing that feels over and above for many companies unless they've already been in that space. Um, and then the other thing, and the thing that we, your team, my team, Morrison Forster, are helping with a lot is it is changing M&A activities. It's really changed the diligence that companies buying or investing in companies that are either AI suppliers or AI heavy companies, there's a lot more diligence in this area. So I think if you are looking for investment or you are preparing for sale or you and I would say you're a founder and you need to get things in the right place, um, you have to think about that quite early. And then on the buy investment side, you know, some companies are already very sophisticated at what what they're needing to look at, but a lot more are, are now just grappling with well, what what do I need to think about? And I think that's quite interesting because this is an area that could really change the monetary value quite quickly if that diligence is is wrong. Um, and I think the key thing is if, you know, going back to IP or bias or other harms, if those are found to be in the model, it's really, really understanding all, all security. I mean, that's another big tenant that we haven't even discussed if that that is problematic, how easily is that model unpicked? And um, that's not necessarily going to be a big thing. It just absolutely depends on the model. Um, but it, it is a huge thing that needs thinking about, um, particularly if you've chosen to use that 
AI as a pivotal part of your business. Um, for example, smart manufacturing, and it's suddenly controlling a lot of your systems. So many things to think about. And I think we've only just touched the surface here. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's it. I think it's a constantly evolving area, huge challenges, huge risks, huge opportunities though, also in this space. And we'll do our very best here to try and keep you updated on developments as they come out, big changes in legislation. It seems to be changing almost on a daily basis at the moment. So please do look out for further updates, video casts and podcasts from us on this topic. And finally, uh, also, we do have some AI-specific pages on mofo.com, which are often uploaded with the latest uh, regulations and guidance. So you can absorb the information in a number of ways. Charlotte, thank you very much. Thanks, Stephen. Please make sure to subscribe to the Mofo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.